We are live. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So, um, welcome to True Health Live. I'm your host, Deidre Sully, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anishka Gopilal and Precious Stepney. Hello, peace, ladies. And welcome to the season finale of True Health Live. We'll be back in a few months, but we're going to use, um, this is going to be our cap to an end of a great season and a discussions about a whole lot of things. And we're going to end it off, I think, with something that's really important and something that has been affecting everybody across the board, right? And that's the great resignation. It's this phenomena of people leaving their jobs um, for many different reasons. Um, you know, the top one being burnout or like mental health. So it's important to take those mental health check-ins. Um, it's not the it's it's not the um, not 50%, it's like under 50% leave because of burnout, but it doesn't mean that it's not um, least important or less important. There are other reasons that are also there. So there's like, you know, organizational shifts. We know that everybody has had to go through some organizational changes, given all of the fallout from the pandemic. We all had to kind of acclimate and learn how to move differently from small businesses on up to the larger ones. So that kind of open the door for like where there may have been like waste or, you know, reasons to not necessarily have certain positions. Um, and that's just the reality we have to deal with. Um, flexibility kind of went out the window for like a lot of different things, right? When you have a more structured organization and we've been used to kind of working from home and having more flexibility. So that um, kind of going back into the workplace, you know, with the advent of vaccinations and all of the rules um, and mandates behind vaccinations, that's kind of changed people's um, perceptions and ideas of what kind of autonomy and flexibility they want. Um, and also just like, you know, um, benefits, you know, that's always been something that's underlying, especially when you have workers who are contract-based health service workers are a big part of public health industry. And, you know, negotiating contracts is a big piece of it. And people want to make sure that they're secure and feel okay, especially since we've all gone through the pandemic and you kind of see again, like where the holes are. And so people need to be assured that, you know, that they will have health insurance, that, you know, the health insurance is adequate and all of those things. And then, you know, there's just like, people just write out like reevaluating their career plans and feeling like whether they have like support from their organizations or whether they can just like go it alone. So we're going to talk about all those things. And we're going to start with the one that is the most, um, the, the largest reason. Again, it's not more than half of people, but it is the largest reason. And that's like the burnout and the mental health. So Precious, as our resident mental health expert, can you kind of walk us through that? I like to hear like what you have to say about like the mental health piece and working. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, greetings, everyone. So you know, we are really coming full circle, right? Because we started this this series, um, this True Health Live season, talking about COVID and just the the value of creating work life balance and opportunities um, for some 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 respite. I'll call it respite for healthcare providers. So I think what 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 us those of us who were on the front line, but on the senior leadership level, were trying to do was internally within each of our programs and systems and, and you know hospitals, create opportunities for those breaks. 
Um, because what, what could not be said at that time, but was definitely being felt by all, was the pressing reality that we had much fewer resources, whether it was due to the number of employees that become that had become sick or that were exposed to COVID and needed to remain home, you know, monitored and surveilled themselves until test results came through. Um, but then there was that was still being met with the need to balance out um, patient care needs. So that meant if you happen to be well and be at work on the day when many, many colleagues had to be out sick, you would have to stay and do a double and possibly sleep in and take one shift off because you can't work three shifts and then work yet again, which meant you didn't go home. Um, and while some organizations, such as the one that I was heading up at the time, you know, really put forth a genuine effort to create opportunities for those breaks um, or for just the mental health breaks and respite, as I said earlier, that has taken a toll. And that toll is burnout. Now, the thing about burnout is that, you know, many organizations may still have an antiquated perspective and think that money is the primary motivator. But I would venture to say anyone who's in healthcare is not motivated by the dollars because whether you're a top ranking psychiatrist or, um, or anywhere in the gamut, you can be paid more working in the private sector than you do you know, working in a state operated facility or even a privately operated facility. Um, so, so it's never about the money. So what we have to do is manage the, manage the expectation for really caring for this chronic population against creating opportunities for balance with our employees. And I don't think that we've done that successfully. And it's resulted in this great resignation. Um, working particularly in the behavioral health field, right? Psychiatric care. It is one of the most challenging environments to work in on a great day. You know, during pre-pandemic, it it's challenging because of just the acuity of the patient population and sometimes the propensity towards violence that just comes. It's just inherent with psychosis, particularly when you're just being admitted into that, into a hospital. Um, all of these things, and then you compound and adding COVID and the stressor, the reality of just, I may have a job and I may be required to work two and three and four shifts, but everyone else in my household is actually not working because the food service industry was shut down because, you know, the transportation industry was shut down for a time. So you become the sole breadwinner. But what does that do? That shows you that, number one, you can do more with less. That, you know what, we have to make this work. So look at how we've made it work. So now when you go to that flip side, Sister Deidre, when you go to the side of, well, now come on back. Come on back into the office. Come on back and be required by all of these constrictive rules and expectations. Oh, and by the way, you have to be vaccinated or you have to comply with weekly testing. The past 18 to 20 months have already shown that there are other options. We don't have to do it this way. 
And unfortunately, I think the ones who will pay the greatest price are actually the clients that are being served. Because mm-hmm. across the system of care, um, there is a dearth of healthcare resources. Um, many, many people are shifting to virtual care or or in-home care where they can just kind of make their own schedule. And even at the senior leadership level, I'll say that, um, yes, I am a part of those that have um, chosen to leave um, in pursuits of just other realities. You know, so I'm, you can count me in as a part of the, the great resignation, that era. <laughs> so I uh- Billy would love for you to um, like share your story. And um, something you said was like really key. Like, first of all, like, so this great resignation was coined by a professor from, um, I think, Mays Business School, like at Texas A&M, uh, Professor Anthony Klotz. Like, so he's um, like, you know, a human resources expert. So he kind of coined the term um, in an article, I think it was either Fortune or Forbes, I'm not sure. Um, about this great resignation and and the reality that the way that we moved pre-pandemic is not necessarily the way that we want to move after because like you said precious like there's other options and people have kind of figured it out one from a point of necessity right like they had to figure it out especially for those who may have been um on the side where they lost their jobs and not necessarily voluntarily walked away but they've kind of figured it out and then those who were kind of like at home and it's like oh i have i feel like i have all this extra time you know yeah there's that that part that you know there's some people who are like i feel like i'm doing more from home than i am than i was at the office and it's like i can i can get actually get more done or i can get things done and i don't have the stress and anxiety of like leaving my family if i have young children like everything can get done because i'm physically here you know so there's that you know nothing is the same you know people talk about oh we want to get back to normal it won't be normal like like it was it'll be a new normal you know and we would just have to acclimate to that but like share with us if you if you want you know your story time because i know i'm always doing story time but you know share your story time with us and and tell us like you know how how that was for you and like kind of your motivations um for for doing that um and whether it was like you know the burnout or i figured i could do this and that or um you know family and things like that yeah so it was definitely a combination of everything you just you just listed right um i don't even think that i would lead with the idea of burnout it hadn't even occurred to me that i was in fact burnt out um, I think that, and I shared this, you know, during, particularly, particularly during the time of COVID, um, and to me, the, the mark of any great leader is that we don't get to show anything. We don't get to, you know, to fall to pieces. Um, we have to hold everything together and galvanize everyone around the mission, um, mm-hmm. and so that, that was, that was the role. And, and I believe that it would be said that I, I played that role very well. Um, but in doing so there, there were signs of just like, this is wearing on me, you know? And I think mm-hmm. during the pandemic, um, the charge to consistently do more, um, collect more, report more, 
deliver more, you know, go out into the community and vaccinate more. Um, never mind uh, whether it was, you know, the intended population that we were charged with serving. Now it became the entire population um, in our demographic area. Uh, the ask really became a lot. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I had to just be honest with myself and just say, you know, is this really what I intended when I entered into the senior executive role? You know, timing is everything because I had visions and I had thoughts about what being a CEO would, would look like. And, you know, the, my challenges, you know, you're prepared for what the normal had been. But um, mm -hmm. COVID created something that nobody could have anticipated. Um, and so you see it through. Right. You can't you don't quit in the middle of a, a, a global pandemic. Um, you see it through. You support your staff. You create systems of, you know, you create areas for meditation and and you, you know, your, your clinical leadership purchases, you know, state of the art massage chairs. And we put ping pong tables in and you do as best you can to say we value you and we thank you. And yes, we go home and we know that those of you who directly care for these patients cannot but these are the things we put in place. Um, but when the dust settled, uh, I was facing um, some elder members of my family, well, one in particular, who just needed a level of care that I couldn't have provided if I stayed wedded to my employer. Um, I was also, you know, navigating the reality of, is this even where I want to be anymore? You know, this, this, this environment. Is this where I want to continue to raise my children? And the answer to, to those things were, were no, a change was necessary. And then you just, you just, you know, you get support, lots and lots of support and instruction and guidance as to how to, you can best like implement a plan and exit strategy. And, you know, with wobbly knees and, and lots of, you know, family coming through to just even just help pack because, even when you do it, you're like, okay, I'm relocating. I'm, I found this new place. I can see my life. There's still the reality of disconnecting from your existing life. Um, so that I, I'm not good with the story time. So I, I, I will that that gives you some semblance of um, what my story has been. Um, yeah, that, that hopefully that gives you some sense. But yeah, it was a combination of just me having to acknowledge that this wasn't what I signed up for. You know, I I signed up to run the best hospital in that state that I lived in at the time. And the numbers were showing that that was that was happening. Um, mm -hmm. Even even with COVID, we, we were doing really well. Um, but I didn't sign up for that. And yeah. so I kind of had to say, you know, I could have said, well, this is the old, you know, I, I, I'm going to hope for what was yesterday. And I could have stayed and holding, hoping for yesterday to come back. But I knew yesterday is gone. And so our, our norms are being created every single day. So every day, like my mindset has always been New Year's resolution. Why do I need it to be one one? in order for me to come to a resolve about what I'm going to do on that day. Um, yeah. You do it in the moment. And yeah. so in the moment it was, 
I know this wasn't expected, but this is what I'm doing because it's the best thing for my family and it's the best thing for me. And yeah. at the end of the day, look at the thanks that healthcare workers got. Unvaccinated healthcare workers were dismissed. There was no, there was no sadness. There was no sorrow. There was no thank you for putting yourself and your family at risk of dying during a time where we had no standard to uphold because we didn't know what we were doing. There was no honor for those people. And that wasn't lost on me. Um, and so I've always found myself to be kind of that voice, uh, quiet, but I've always found myself to be a voice for my people. And my people, you know, it varies. In that moment, I was the voice for all of the healthcare workers who unfortunately would have to take a vaccine whether they wanted to or not because they needed that pay. They needed to be compensated um, in that way. Unfortunately, that wasn't my reality. And so I was able to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you touched on something so key. Like, well, you touched on a few things, but like just just even more recently, like pulling from what you just said about like the healthcare workers, like that's a big thing, like, you know, in many places. And I won't even talk about like, I mean, we I always we, we talked about like where I'm located and da 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 da. But like specifically something happening right now but I don't think that you know this particular location is the only place but like you know there's that lack of appreciation for health service workers and like you know just compensation um based on like how contracts and things are you know um I know one of the big things in um the area where I am, and you can do your research to figure that out, because um, I'm, I'm speaking like this on purpose, the, the area where I am, like, um, pay, like, you know, COLA increases, cost of living increases are something that is being fought for, um, right now, I'll just say it, in New York, you know, in New York State, in New York City, COLA increases, um, because it's actually not a secret, COLA increases are things that are, you know, it's something that's being fought for right now. Like, you know, you have so many people who have put their lives on the line um, in doing the work that they do, and it's like they, they're not necessarily being recognized for it. So, you know, there's definitely movements like the Just Pay campaign that are going on to help bring light and attention to some of these things, especially amongst uh, policymakers and lawmakers who have the power to kind of figure that out and, and fix that for people. Um, and then um, just kind of going back to specifically, like not even realizing that you're burned out, that, right? That's interesting because how many times are we, I'm probably burned out and don't even realize it. Like how much do we really think about it? Like that's why like that, that mental health check-in is important, right? Because then we have to figure out like, well, what's happening? Like how much time am I putting toward the things that I want to do? Do I have an equal amount of time uh, of play and work? Because you know, you should have. It, it shouldn't be like, I got to do this, I got to do this. And I get caught into that cycle all the time. There are so many things that I want to do like play, um, you know, that are considered play and I don't necessarily get a chance to play. So like, you know, part of that... Um, it's kind of, it's like you said, this is the other part that, that struck me was um not waiting until like the new year. Like it doesn't have to be something like, okay, well, you know, this is my new year's resolution. Like I think there's there is merit and um and and definitely value to having a battle plan, right? 
but it doesn't mean that it has to be like, okay, at the top of the year, I'm going to do this. No, sometimes like things have to happen. Like if it's time, it's time. And you just kind of have to, you know, recognize the spirit of what that is and, and then just do. So I totally agree. And I know Anushka is going to jump in, but I just wanted to, before she shares and speaks on, you know, whatever her story may be, um, preparation, right? Preparation is really, um, I think during this time, something that has led to the great resignation or the big quit, right? Which is another way, another way that I've heard it coined, um, which is not just synonymous, you know, not just happening or prevalent in the United States, but it's also happening in, in China as well. And we know once, you know, once, once the big, once the big eight start having these experiences, it kind of trickles on through the whole. It becomes a global thing. Um, yeah. But preparation is key, and I think that many, many families recognize the value of coming together. Um, and and oftentimes it wasn't even, or it isn't even coming together with blood relatives, but really recognizing what family is and who your family is and being choosing to be closer to those people um, just so that, because if you're thinking alike and you want similar things, then you begin, then that begins to drive you. And then you start preparing in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. So preparation. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Because (laughs) like there were movements that I had started to make pre-pandemic but then what happens is I think like everything got magnified right like whether it was something good you were doing whether it's something that needed to change we know like health disparities were magnified um a lot of the things that were bad were magnified but um I think I had to I came to a realization like oh like this is kind of like what it looks like really like when I'm moving, right? Because I kind of have to, like when we were locked down, it was like, I'm not going to visit people like I used to. So then I get to see like who I actually spend more time with, you know, even if it's virtually versus who I would spend time with before. So even now it becomes like, I have to make a conscious effort to call certain people and just like, you know, check in, how are you? And at the same time, keep, um, maintain and make it clear like you know how I am choosing to like live and move you know because like maybe it wasn't so clear before because there was all these other things getting in the way and we're still moving and grooving and doing what we want to do and now that there's like you know we have we have had to shift and kind of be like all right this is the road that I'm on and I'll take little detours like you know I'll stop on the side here and there um you know they be, it became like, you know, oh, this is what that road actually looks like. When you remove all the noise that, you know, that was there pre-pandemic, you kind of actually see what's actually happening and everybody else can too. So then it became like this, like, oh, well, this is the time to solidify. Nope, this is what life looks like now for me. And everybody has to get used to it. And I think we all have to, had to, and have to, you know, kind of do that, like maintaining boundaries, right? Um whether it be with family or work, I think that's a, a big theme. It's that boundaries, you know, setting them and maintaining them and making sure that everybody who's either within or outside of that boundary understands where it lies. So, you know, that was a big thing. So, but we are dominating. So Anishka, please <laughs> jump in. It's all, it's all good. It's, it's, it's a good talk to have. Um, but Precious, definitely that top of the year, um, statement stood out to me too 
because a lot of times like everyone's wrapped up in the new year's resolution, but we can have an epiphany at any given time where it's like that aha moment, like, "Mm, I need to rethink, or I've been thinking and I need to act. Right. Um, And then also with this whole, the term work-life balance, I used to be like, yes, that, that, that like sparked interest. And now it's like, eh, is there really a work-life balance? For me, it's more like harmony between the two, right? Uh, and really, it's life, harmonizing in life. And work needs to get in where it fit in. Because a lot of times we get so caught up. And I, I've been here, too, where it's um, how do I make this work and work with work? And everything revolves around this nine to five. And I'm like, as I got older, as I got more in-depth with my career, I realized this is not what I want. This doesn't feel so great. So in me being prepared to resign, it, it, it was a long time coming <laughs> because my my goal is to not to always work for someone, it's to work for myself. And in my journey, I realized that I'm the asset though. You know, we always say that, but I am really the asset because my work is not tied to any organization. It's tied to me. It's tied to my heart, right? So I can serve If I'm home, if I'm in the streets, if I'm with an employer, if I'm without an employer, I still can serve, right? And I can still do that phenomenal work. And nine times out of 10, the partners I have, the community that I am serving, the connection is there with me and me directly. I only have this big institution to push me and um, give me resources to help me serve better, right? Um, But it can be done. (laughs) Um, So... During the time of COVID, even pre-COVID, I've always knew that I wanted more for myself and wanted better. And I wanted to do more out without having all this red tape that I had to go around and I had to fight and battle to make a move to serve my people. And so when COVID did happen and all the adjusting that we had to do, it really made me take a step back as I'm working and I'm working more <laughs> by working from home. I'm just like, when I was, when it wasn't COVID, it was like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And everyone is like, you know, like the time, it was beyond time management. It was just like micromanaging at times. And then COVID came and it's like, well, we don't know really what you're doing. So everything got, you know, dumped across the, the departments and whatnot. So I'm just, I really looked at it like, this is not where I want to be or how I want to work. And if I work for an employer, I need, I need the, the culture to be different. Um, because at the end of the day, I need to be content in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I need to know that what I am doing and how, and how much I'm pouring into this work and, um, it is appreciated, it is valued. And my voice is always heard because it's not only my personal voice and my personal perspective, but it also is the voice and perspective of the community of the people. Um, and so as time progressed, um, I was just like, you know what? My heart isn't in this in this right now um, with this particular department of the employer. Um, and I wanted to just do more. And what I was realizing, I was doing more on my own with my clients and consulting um, and doing the same kind of work and being able to move things and heading um, departments and, and projects in a way where it connected me more to the people. And so I decided, you know what, it's time to go. Um, And I did that, I believe, with grace. Um, And I was very strategic about it because of 
the networking I did while I was with my employer connected me to a lot, a lot of people in um, leadership roles. And also my work spoke for itself. And a lot of people knew me that I didn't realize knew me. <laughs> um, so when I was when I was going through all of these changes, folks were reaching out. And um, when I did just have a con- and it was simple conversations, not even about resigning opportunities ar- arise out of these conversations. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were looking at me like, you know, so and I say that to say, keep doing what you're doing and do it from the heart because you never know who's watching you and your work will speak, especially if you are true to that work and it's coming from a place of wanting change um, and really of integrity and and intention and passion. Um, So in those just casual conversations, it was so many different opportunities that I could still be a part of this organization, but on my terms. And I said, I'm going to use that. Right. Because I still want to continue to um, stay connected because believe it or not, these larger um, institutions have certain resources and links that that are beneficial for us to continue to have without you having to sit there and work for them nine to five. Um, And for me, the autonomy that I have working for myself um, and just the freedom means the world to me because I am able to be with my family more. I'm able to do these things that will keep me thriving and keep me going um, a lot more than me sitting in an office nine to five um, and having this structure. Now, what I've realized too is that um, with that structure piece of it all, um, sometimes it's good because some we get too comfy at home <laughs> and it's wonderful that we, that I like, I love having, being able to set my own schedule and so, and so on and so forth, but um, I don't want to get bored of my home. <laughs> So what I have to do is be creative. Um, and I'm sorry, I think I jumped into from one to the next, but I didn't want to lose this thought. I had to be creative. So if I, dro- I drove my daughter to school, instead of coming straight back home, I took my laptop with me. I would sit at a Panera for a few hours and get some things done, you know, because you do need change and you don't want to you don't want to bore yourself out. And I was realizing I was just sitting here. And I'm like, I don't want to sit here for eight, eight hours. It's the same concept. <laughs> um but um, I had, you had to get I had to get creative as to how I um, planned out my day, how I made certain moves, how I made sure I stayed on track with getting the work done. And if I took like three hours in the work day off because I had to do errands and whatnot, I would give it back sometime in the evening when I could just to make sure that I kept up with my deliverables and whatnot. Yeah. But um, it feels good. It definitely feels good. It's a shift in itself when you go from uh, a structured environment to now owning your own, um, your own time. And it can be overwhelming, but this is what I prayed for, right? So I asked, I asked God and the universe for all these things um, to, to help me grow as a person, as a professional, um, and be able to provide for my family in the way I wanted to. And I got it. It doesn't look as how, how I thought it was going to look, but I got what I asked for. So now it's it's up to me to make it work. And I and as we were saying earlier, you know, we can't complain because this is what we asked for. Um, we just have to maneuver in a particular way and set it up where it works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't a hard decision to resign because I was able to keep my connections. I was able to stay um, embedded in the community and still do the work and. I'm still learning as I go because there's always we learn on a daily basis and it's always room for improvement. And so it was definitely a blessing, uh, a blessing that I prayed for and it came to fruition and I was able to bow out gracefully um, and give my input. 
of the changes that needed to happen and the things that I experienced, um, I was able to give that with senior and executives. Um, and I hope they take that and implement some of what I've said, because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that has concerns. But then, and I also shared the great things too, and, and, and things that, um, you know, really helped our work thrive. Um, but I feel that people know when it's time to let go, when it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, and you know when it's something doesn't feel right to you or, you know, when, especially when you're a person that wants to do more or grow, just grow as a person, as an individual, um, and you have, and you're, you're like a visionary, you you feel it in your soul and it bothers you when you don't make a move. Um, so eventually, you know, if you do the work and you do the preparation to set yourself up where you can still continue having benefits. I know nobody wants to pay COBRA. I sure did not. <laughs> you know, if you know, okay, I want to be gone. I, I want to have my insurance um, coverage until like the end of December, but you don't want to work the entire de- month of December, have your resignation effective December 1st because it will last until the 30th. <laughs> so you're covered. So, you know, and, and it's always good to have a friend in HR they give great advice. Yeah. Uh, a friend in HR can help you with those back end things like benefits and what's the best time and how to word your resignation or, or negotiate. Sometimes you got to negotiate your resignation as well. Um, but it's always good to like talk to folks. I did that before. That's one thing I have to say. I didn't just say, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it and wrote the letter myself and handed it in. I spoke to colleagues. I spoke to my mentors um, who who know me and who also have a tie into the organization I work with and who gave me very genuine advice. Um, and I saw different perspectives and I had different options and, and things like that. So I was able to take everything that everybody said, plus what I wanted and really make the best decision for me as far as when I resign, how I worded my resignation um, and things that I um, wanted to do before I left. And it all worked out um, it worked out well for, for me. So that's my story. <laughs> and um, I'm happy I made that decision. Yeah. Um, you said something about, uh, it was the part about like, you know, you asked for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so significant because it means that you have to recognize when you got what you asked for, right? And then And then understand that, this means your movements have to be different. It doesn't mean that you continue as usual, right? It means um, you have to shift. You have to shift your way of thinking, and you have, to, which then will shift how you act and how you how you respond and and go about things like going forward. And I think you know what I think people had to kind of recognize that, right? Like. I can't think the way that I used to because things are not the same. And if I keep trying to think the way that I used to and address things the way that I used to do it because I'm comfortable, I'm going to keep getting like these crappy outcomes because I haven't shifted according to what's in front of me. Um, And so I think it's really key like to acknowledge when you got what you asked for and then realize like, okay, now it's up to me to like take the next step to make it work. You know, I thought that was really key. And you know what jumped out at me was the idea of recognizing and owning the fact that you are an asset. Um, Something that I would often say to my staff, because I was just always, 
I was always like the inside rebel. Like <laughs> I did and functioned and performed and, you know, and rose that that ladder very well. But I but I was I knew what why I was there and I knew what I what my personal it was beyond personal, but what my agenda was and what my mission was for being there. Um, and I would say to my staff, you know, throughout, you have to recognize how your contribution fuels this machine. You have to recognize that you are a battery and yes. you have to preserve some of that energy, some of that, those resources, some of that fuel for the things you desire for your, for your family. Um, and so, yes, we, we, we work and there's this intentionality about, you know, conforming because there, there's no other way of putting it. You, you, you're there to satisfy a need. You're giving a task and standards or you're giving your performance, you know, appraisal. And these are the things that you're expected to accomplish. But within that, you have to also know what, what your value is and what you're bringing. Um, and if and if you know your value, then there has to be an exchange. And that exchange is not just your salary. So there have to be other things that motivate you or that you'll, you're able to call out of that system that are going to edify you. Um, and so I, on my last day, oh, on my last day, um, it was it was such a beautiful experience because, you know, I, I don't know about you, Anushka, but I, I did kind of wonder, like, what are these people really saying? What are they really thinking? Um, here I am, a super young, well, some may call me old, but in, <laughs> in that realm of reality where a CEO is a 60-year-old ready, ready to retire in a couple of years, you know, um, being, and I'm happy to say being 45, it was like, why would she be leaving? Look at all this money. Look at all of this. You know, look at her title. Look at the the responsibility she has. Look at how well the system is doing. Why would she leave now? And one of the older women who I always, you know, really, really, you know, you have those sage women on the job. Um, and this one happened to be in the business office. And I went to, you know, to say farewell. And she saw me and she hugged me and she said, no matter what they said about how crazy it is for you to be leaving, I want you to know that I was so proud to see a, see someone recognize their worth and stand solely on that square. And it made me cry. It made me, I was just like, thank you. Because the family demands were so much more important. Um, seeing my, at this today, seeing my youth get on the school bus and I'm home when they get off of the school bus is priceless. It's priceless. And after 11 years of, as I've called it, mommy guilt, you know, it's like you work, work, work so hard, but you come home and it's like, I want to cook every meal. I want to do the dishes. I want to do the laundry. And it's like, these are all my things. Don't do these things. I don't think many could appreciate that that comes from like feeling guilty that you're not doing those things. Um, and some may not relate because maybe that that's not you and that's okay, but that's how I felt. So now being able to maintain a true work-life balance the way I want to 
it's priceless. And yeah, it does mean sometimes we got to get up out of those pajamas in the sky. And actually, <laughs> and I, and I actually go outside and find somewhere else to work because yes. you look at the four walls like, I got to get out. Right. But, I made a, but I made an amazing office though. Like, <laughs> do you see this? Yes, it's gorgeous. No, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's we definitely definitely do i i used to one thing that really too that this i swear the the pandemic really really just helped it gave me the push i needed because once all of this was occurring and you see all of the violence happening like on the subway here in new york i have a, a teenage daughter and it i am in fear when she's on public transportation because you hear all these stories and so i knew um when school took session again I wasn't going to allow her to take the public transportation because it was, for one, unsafe still because of the violence. But we're we, there's still COVID out here, you know, um, and people are very much careless with and without vaccine vaccine ugh, vaccinations. So it's just like, what do I do as a parent, as a mom, to protect my child? Um, and so I knew my employer. And I even asked before we went into the office, is there going to be some sort of flexibility? And the answer was no. We would, it's a case by case and you have to talk to like the senior VP. And I'm like, why do I need to speak to a senior VP for you to just be a little flexible with my time? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. And that, and I think that they were trying to intimidate and, and really, um, cause I, I am one of those people that I speak up, even if you don't like what I have to say, I'm going to say what I need to say, um, mm-hmm. because it's the right thing. Um, and I was the only one saying things like that. And I'm like, well, I have a child and, um, my child comes before any of this because I need to get to her when I have to get to her and need to make sure that she is always safe. So if there's not going to be any flexibility and when I can leave, um, we're going to have to di- have a discussion and talk about this. So I once once the, it was said that I needed to speak to a senior VP, I'm just like, okay, I know what I got to do now. <laughs> so that helped push um, the fact that, you know, I needed to make sure I could get my daughter. And so the the feeling I get and, and the way I, like it's just so wonderful to know that I can take her to school and pick her up and I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about her safety in any fashion, right? Um and the fact that they wanted me to choose was just ridiculous. And I'm like, no, that's not what you do. What makes you think a mother will choose a job over her child? Yeah. And I don't know about anybody else, but yeah, no, the buck, it's not worth making that buck if I can't take care and protect mine, right? I, I work to make sure I could provide for her. So if it comes to her safety, why would I choose this? I guess we just must have to struggle together. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, it's, I just wanted to say one more thing, though, but it's, um, it's very much, it's, it's, I don't want to say rewarding, but it just brings you back to your, your why, like when, when you're faced with these like circumstances, it brings you back to your why and what's most important to you. And it's like, yes, we want a phenomenal career. We landed it. You know, you work hard for these careers and these professional titles that we have and you make the salaries and whatnot. And it's like, all right, I did it. And you get phenomenal benefits. At some point in your life, it's going to, the question that poses to at what cost? And that's yeah. what came to me. At what cost? I'm no yeah. longer going to sacrifice my family time. I'm no longer going to sacrifice my my why in, in some ways. Um, and I'm no longer going to sacrifice my happiness. Because if I have to, ugh, I used to dread getting on 
meetings because I'm like, I really don't want to see everybody. <laughs> I know, like, you know, it, it, when it gets to that point, you really have to, you know, step back. And when you see that your core values are not aligned, you need to think. Um, so it's not only about satisfying, you know, your personal life, but your core values as well as a professional, how you're looked at um, or how you are perceived. You want to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do and you stand strong in what your beliefs are um, and who you are as a person and as a professional. Um, and don't ever sell yourself short of that or don't don't change because others think that you should or you don't fit in or you need to you need to fit in in what way be who you are and do the work um, because people are seeing that and your work will speak for itself and it will open opportunities way better much more than what you ever expected mm-hmm. I can attest to that yeah <laughs> I, I, I think I think to your point that that's just it so many people were putting work over their families and I think the reality check of that was like having to go on the ground right we had to go in we had to retreat we had to go internal to to really see what was happening on the outside and now that we're kind of opening back up some people are willing to to do that again because like maybe they you know they 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 have positions that are demanding and so they need to send the kids back to school they need to be able to have you know some place to put like I need to put you here so that I can do this because like I need to make sure that I can maintain so that is still you know um you know unfortunately the reality for some who haven't mm-hmm. kind of figured out like how do I you know, get that family time back if they even want it, right? Because we know, like, being locked in for like twenty months with people makes you realize, do I like you or not? Like, let's just be honest about what some of that lockdown did for people. Like, you know, there are a lot of people stuck in a house with people they don't even like. You know, mm-hmm. not true. It may not be one. You know, something people want to hear, but it's a reality. Um, um, before you, you I want to just run over to the chat real quick. So. Antonio Smith says, self-management definitely comes into play when you make that shift. Time and energy are resources that we can severely undervalue when in reality they are the true wealth. And yes, yes. let me get it. Yes. That is so, so true. Like I said, like, I don't even know where my playtime goes, you know, like, and I have to like, you know, kind of figure out how to get that back. And I have been um slowly figuring out how to get that back so you guys may see me wear more jewelry you know like yeah maybe <laughs> you're reclaiming your time you're right. reclaiming I your am time. Reclaiming my time. good for you <laughs> that's right good for you you know i think um, um oh were you reading something else in the chat I was, but no, but just really quickly. So for those who are watching, you know, if you have your resi- live, this is an announcement for those who are watching live. If you have a story, a resignation story you want to share, you know, the, the backstage link is in the chat, you know, so come on through and we can hear your resignation story. Yeah, I, I was just like chomping at the bit to jump on the idea of just how unconscionable the ask truly is. Like when you, when you take, when you're, if, if, and when you're able to pan that camera back and take a wide lens view at what the ask is, right? Um, And then what the cost is, you, it's really unfortunate. Um, And, and you have to kind of wonder like, who's, do you have a conscience? 
you know, you you often and every time you do it, I try to I try to make an effort to to recognize the other side of that coin. Yes, there were many, the majority who were required to hunker down at home. But there were those of us who I mean, I might not have shared it at the time, but I think I touched on it. I remember when things were shut down. And at that time, yeah, I was in New York when things were shut down and I was driving to work and there was not a soul on the highway. And I just remember crying, driving to work, thinking this can't be right. Like this, this can't be <laughs> how I'm supposed to live. Um, where are all the people? And not because I wanted to be home or not, you know, and I definitely didn't want to be at work. It was just, what am I living through in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then I thought of all of the staff that, you know, that didn't even get to drive home. So there are many, many who, um, still had to show up every day um, and was fearful. I mean, I know healthcare workers who, you know, were thankful that they had a garage space that they can completely disrobe and shower in the basement and wash their hair before they went up to to prepare to care for their family for fear of transmitting this disease that they were being exposed to, um, to their loved ones. Um, but then when you think about what, even for you all who were at home, what did you get? You got this time of being at home and creating this new normal. And then as Anushka said, well, now, no, on this date, everyone comes back to work. And and then, no, there is no flexibility. You ask the senior VP for flexibility. That's unconscionable because we know that these concerns, there's still risk. There's still concerns. There's still stressors. Why can't we create an environment that respects and honors that we're all still very concerned whether you've taken the vaccine or not? Um, People are having breakthrough infections more and more every day. So it's, it's, you know, you have to just, as we always say in this series, you have to just be informed you know, communicate, 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 and plan. Plan and, you know, picture what it is you want, as Anushka said, you know, and then recognize it when you get it. So you need to be very specific about what you're, what you're asking. <laughs> very specific. I've learned that. Uh-huh. I see it. I see the light. <laughs> be very specific about what it is you're asking for so that when you get it, you can really appreciate all of the facets and nooks and crannies of it. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to share regarding the great resignation is that um, in the month of July alone, right at the beginning of this wave, over 4 million Americans quit, just resigned. They didn't wait to be terminated so they can collect unemployment because money is not the motivator anymore. So it's like for those antiquated systems who think that they can wave a check over your head and have you dance like little puppets, it ain't happening. Dance, puppets, dance. Yes. It's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. And it's going to require a lot of recalibrating 
for particularly for the tech industry and for the healthcare system, because I mean, you can you can research it yourself, but that's where the greatest number of folks are resigning from. And they're those yeah. they're those middle middle mid career people, that thirty to forty year old population. Um, those are the ones who are just saying no. Right. This this isn't it anymore. You know, yeah. retirement, <laughs> staying till retirement isn't it anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to add to that, you know, because a lot of uh, there's there have been a lot of entrepreneurs born from this because, you know, you recognize your own value. You know, we strive for others to see our value, but we have to know our value. Right. And so if you're a healthcare professional, um, rather be public health or, or whatever the case may be, take your set of skills. Like a lot of people are like, you know what, I can do this on my own. And they create businesses. And they do the work phenomenally. There, There is life after an employer. There is life after you resign. And there are people who are just resigning without a plan. And that is okay because you know what? They value their mental and emotional health a lot more than this check. Um, and sometimes you got to do what you have to do. And people, I feel... And, and that's one thing that came up for me too. I evaluated my mental and emotional health. Like... What is this doing to me? Like, how am I showing up in my my real life, like my my personal life due to all of these things that are transpiring? And my burnout wasn't in the work. My burnout was fighting the politics. <laughs> and so it's just like, oh, you know, like enough. Like I've done this. I've paid my dues. I'm not I'm not in the game to continue to do this until I'm 60 plus years old. No, we're not going to do that. I want to remain youthful. I want to be able to enjoy my time with my child um, and my partner and my family. I want to do all the things mm-hmm. I want to do while still still making a life for myself. I can make money. I, I can make money and still enjoy my family time. I can make money with or without this big institution behind me. Either way, I'm the asset and I know what I'm worth. I know my value. I know what I bring to the table. And I believe wherever my whatever my hands touch and wherever my feet lead me, I'm going to add value to it and I'm going to amplify whatever it is that I do. Um, and so yeah. the decision became more and more clear and more and more right in front of my face. Like, girl, what are you waiting for? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And once I did that, you know, I don't dread waking up and happen on a computer anymore. Or even if I have to go into an office and I don't have to, cause I don't worry about all that politics anymore. I control what goes on over here in this, in this so-called bubble. Right. And I am able to pour out in a way that I am not pouring too much into others and not myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's being your own asset, not even thinking about I'm an asset to this organization, mm-hmm. but I'm my own asset right. and, and they're my investors. That's mm-hmm. how you have to look mm-hmm. at it. They're investing in me. And that's how that, how that looks. Yeah. I'm going to jump over to the chat again really quick. Sovereignty says, Come through with the reality check. Thank you for that. We have to maintain that discipline that time management requires. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to even like get back to the time management because it's never really been my strong suit. Like things get done, but it's nice chaos. (laughs) So like, you know, having that time management is key because then you can actually see how productive and efficient you are and then where you can maybe add and be a little bit more like, here's my work, here's my play. You know, that's the other thing for not necessarily having the play time. It's that time management. It's key. Um, good afternoon, Chief Yuya. Thank you for joining us. 
Chief Yuya says, true, the concepts of banking, labor, relationships, and time-held American pastimes, racism, oppression, debt, slavery, have been challenged and conquered by those who have been pushed too far. Yeah, like, yeah. we're just, like, not yeah. there anymore. <laughs> and like, what is it? What is it from the movie? Wait, I have a movie! I'm mad <laughs> as heck, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Now I know it's from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? But <laughs> just the idea of like, I'm not gonna stand for this anymore, mm-hmm. right? And and being that example because you know while while Anushka and I are sharing our you know great resignation stories, um, I don't know if anyone has you know has confessed this yet to you, Anushka, but I know I experienced several staff saying to me, you know, when I heard you resigned, I thought like one, one particular woman said, you know, I just thought I have to get myself together. Like she says, she said, she says, purchase within two, she said, I had been researching, investing in this property, um, upstate New York. She goes, I had my spreadsheet. I had all of the properties that I wanted to, you know, um, put an offer in on. She says, when I saw your email, I put in that offer. Um, oh, is that from Network? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. movie. At least I had a quote. And, it, and it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is from Network. That's true. Um, 1970. I don't even know how I remember a movie from I've never seen that. Movie. I'm not really good with the 70s. That was born. Yeah. Well, I was born. I'm really good with the but 70s. But it was a good year. I was precious born. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, we don't recognize how much of an inspiration, you know, being being honest about why we're because you can always give the political, you know, my family life and, you know, this circumstances mm-hmm. have shifted. But standing in a bit more of the uh, um, of, um, authenticity and authority um, that it takes to just say, you know what, I've just decided this is no longer this no longer works for me. Many mm-hmm. employers will terminate you and say you're no longer a good fit. Mm-hmm. And find the next person. They'll on to the, wait, they, they already got them. They already got them. They literally buy another You can't post the position until you go. And this is Steve. And please show him to your desk, right? So it's like. <laughs> no, and train him before you go. And train him. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right. So now imagine when we can say as many as millions are, I'm, this no longer works for me. Mm-hmm. And and how that becomes the inspiration for another person to say, you know what? Well, honestly, this didn't work for me either. I was holding on because everybody else was holding on. But mm-hmm. let me let me go um, put an offer in on that building so that I can create, you know, opportunities. Because, but maybe that's a long range plan for her. Maybe she'll still have five or seven years before she has a fully, you know, actualized exit strategy. But in sharing these stories. Um, I'm learning the value of story time, even though I like I like just giving the facts, right? But <laughs> story time <laughs> learning. It's real life experience. It is. I, I did actually precious have somebody um come to me and say that. And I, I knew it was gonna be this person. Um just because we have see what I do is I used to leave affirmations for my colleagues. Um mm-hmm. and that's something he said he was going to miss a lot. I said, it's okay, I'll text it to you. But I knew he was in the wrong department doing the wrong kind of work because this man is a tech 
phenomenon. Like he needs to be in tech. Um, And so he shared a lot of his personal stories and things like that with me. And so I'm just like, you know what, whenever you need, whenever you decide to take that leap of faith, call me. I want to support whatever you got going on. I, if you need me to help you with your business, whatever it is, I want to be able to support that. And so, and I always talk to him for the time that I'm there, like, don't be afraid. But you know what? The backstory was that he held on to, to this job so he could put his daughters through college. Right? And a lot of times we do that. We make these sacrifices for our family, our children. Now the youngest daughter is in college. So he's like, whew, he can breathe now. So now... He's going to take that leap of faith, um, hopefully soon. Um, but he he went on to tell me, like, you know, I, I'm going to miss you, but I am so inspired by that you're doing this. And I knew you were. I just didn't know when. And he was one of the first people I told before I told anybody, before I handed in the resignation. I gave him the heads up because um, there was things that I witnessed um, that he had to face that didn't sit well with me. So I would be there. I, like I said, I don't mind making good trouble and I will voice things. And I have to tell him upon me leaving that speak up. Don't let anybody take you for granted or anybody try to belittle you in any kind of way. Um, as soon as you get the opportunity to go and chase your dreams, do so. And it was very, very touching that he shared with me that he, that's his plan. And I pray to God that he makes that happen because He's the, he's the bomb. So if anybody needs any kind of technical <laughs> assistance or anything like that, I'm like, here, you can go. I, I have somebody for you. Take this card and, and call him. But um, it feels good when you're leading by example and you're doing what makes you happy and you're chasing and you're going after what your heart tells you to go after. And that, in turn, um, shines a light for someone else to do the same. It, it's it's like it, it's just like full circle. Um, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm doing something right. And if they can just see my actions and that inspires them to act for themselves, then that's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's another, because we're talking about like how the, the money doesn't matter anymore, right? And it's really like the autonomy. Um, there's this other like, I don't know if it's subculture, just something that's happening. Before I, because the chat, there's there's some yeah. main comments in the chat. So before I go there, I'm going to go to the chat and then I'm going to come back. So Chief U.S. says, our time in office environments has been gladiator training for our journey as entrepreneurs. We were paid to be schooled by these institutions while online technology has leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. This is key to what I'm going to say next. Um, Antonio Smith says, true, Chief Uya. It has become increasingly easy to work remotely and people are realizing they don't need to plant their roots in a single location or country in order to be financially stable. So here's that other piece. And and I'm going to preface it like with a story time. I was recently, um, so I've also, I've had like some career shifts. I'm still, um, I'm not a part of the great resignation, but I've had some career shifts. And part of that has required me to step down from um, one of my positions um, because there's like a a interesting transition period. So um, as I was putting up the, um, the post, the job posting, and I'm speaking with my program operations manager, and we're going through like, you know, how we're going to do the interview process and looking through resumes and, and we're looking through this resume and I'm like, how is this person doing this, 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 and this? And, and she's like, well, you know, people got two jobs now. Like she literally said <laughs> it. Like and I'm like, right. you know what? You're right. I know. I don't even know why. I was just like, well, how is she? Doing? 
knowing full well, like, this is something that's happening. People are working two and three full-time jobs. And it's because that remote working is allowing them to do so. So there's this funny relationship with, like, Yes, a single employer can no longer just like hold this check over, you know, you know, come and get it. It, it was like the remember the State Farm commercial and it's about like the rewards and the old man's like, I got you down. Yes, come get it. <laughs> I got you down. I remember. Here you go. It sounds like Herbert from Family Guy. Here's your dollar. It's not working anymore because people have multiple avenues to make that money and to to make up for those funds that may have been coming from one place. So that's the other reason. And that's key to like that remote working. So that's the reason why it doesn't mean that people don't need money anymore. It just means that it's not the single reason for one employer, because Mm -hmm. it's like, I can figure out how to do all these things in different places at the same time. So um, Mm -hmm. that was something that was really key that I wanted to bring up that has kind of come out. And it doesn't mean that people haven't always had there's always been a history of people having side hustles but i think like we've gone beyond the idea of the side hustle where yep. people are like working full time in two places at once so yep. i wanted to, i didn't i didn't want us to have this conversation and not kind of have that but it, it really just like hit me the other day like as i was speaking like to this um to my um staff member and she's like well you know this is what's really going on I was like this is true so I wanted to know like what you ladies thought about that because I think that's really interesting I think that is great and and I don't think and it's not new because my mentality like being an entrepreneur for a while um was you have to have multiple streams of income and this COVID time has really showed us why and especially to our healthcare workers that compassion was not shown and we've all seen it um you give your all you have this one income and now they take it away what do you do right Right? because you don't have anything set up to come in so it is nothing wrong with having uh, multiple streams of income and what is that saying you have to have about several to be a millionaire (laughs) or seven seven Seven? um well hey i i got two more to go There you go. Uh, Remote, and you know what? A lot, a lot of, a lot of people are offering all sorts of positions. I've seen senior, like leadership, executive positions, remote work. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like you know, so there's. This was kind of like, and I've always said it. It was kind of like a blessing in disguise in in many ways. Like it depends how you look at it, because now we have we see that you know what. We can operate being remote. We don't have to be in an office. We don't have to be mm-hmm. at a specific location. We can work from across the world. I could be in China and still work for the U.S. I, and work here in New York and, and, and headquarters be in New York. Like, I can stay home a little bit longer with my newborn, you know? If my child mm-hmm. is sick, I can be home. I don't have to be there. I can still work, you know? I can make dinner and have a meeting. I've done that plenty of times. I'm cooking and I'm having a meeting. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you know I'm putting away laundry, uh, camera, go right? Camera. Everything exactly. You don't, you, know, you don't have to always time. be on camera. You don't have to always be on camera, right? But the, the the fact is, you can make money, and I love that people can do that. And though money is not everything, it does help us live comfortably. It is. It makes the world go around, and we all know that, right? Um, and so. It's a great opportunity that we can do that. And I and I applaud any and everybody that can go out there and get it. And if you can do two, three full-time jobs remotely, by all means. I don't think I could do 
two, three, four time, full time, but I have multiple clients. And you know what? One trick I've learned, though, because I don't want to tie up my time in that way, because even to that, that can bring burnout as well. So do find harmony in that. I increase what my rate is so I don't lose any kind of money. So I'm going to work these 20 part time hours, but you're going to pay me like I weigh. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's what you do. Be strategic. Be, no way. Oh. <laughs> right. Be strategic, be intentional. And once you know your value, do not negotiate less because like that's what they say. We don't, we don't get what we deserve. We get what we negotiate. So make sure you are negotiating above your normal rate because mm-hmm. they're going to counter you. And so if you land in between, you still come out good. That's mm-hmm. my two cents. That's key. That is key. <laughs> like know what your rate is and negotiate above that. So you land right where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the pieces about why the, the, that financial carrot is no longer the sole motivator, right. Is, um, based on the fact that, you know, something that you touched on, Deidre, it's like so many were home. Cost savings. You didn't need to pay all that money for gas. You weren't paying commuter tolls. You weren't, you weren't eating out. You, you know, so, so many, there are so many things that you didn't need to buy clothes because you only <laughs> probably, probably, probably garbed from the bottom of your face. <laughs> If we all had to stand up right now, I'm like, uh, (laughs) so, so all of those things, um, create an environment for you to realize the cost savings that being home, um, could, could afford you. So yeah, even though maybe a few loved ones are, are not working at the time due to what the, you know, what the pandemic caused, um, but then you realize, you know what, well, you don't even need to work. Because there's more value with you being home and having that part-time gig. Or I know in the chat, they're talking about, you know, all of the virtual support. Um, Yeah. I find so many resources through, you know, through all of the different pay per service. I won't name it, but pay per service online providers that can just virtually produce what you need. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're... there, I would imagine that those working two, three, four full-time jobs are probably outsourcing some of what is required. Because if it's like whip a PowerPoint together, you go to certain websites and pay somebody somewhere across right. the world and you get it done <laughs> right. and it looks good. And it was $25. <laughs> or or intern. You, you can get a college intern. Or, or interns. That's right. That's right. That's yes. how it works. Listen, if these organizations are playing it this way too. They're being smart. They know how to like save their buck and whatnot. We have to be that way. We have to have enterprising minds um, mm-hmm. and push ourselves to think outside of the box yeah. and really build ourselves up because in the process of building us up and our professional um, lives, we're setting a legacy and we are leading by example at home. If we have children, we're leading by example for them. So yes. we're giving them options, right? As along the way, so they can see mom or dad, you know, well, that didn't work. Or if it did work, but I see them working when they come home. Or it, It's the seeds we're planting in their heads because the next generation won't have to be stuck at this organization right. or working the typical nine to five. They can go out and get it themselves and realize I got everything I need within me and I can make this happen and I can build from what I have and it can grow. You know what I mean? So we're setting yeah. 
doing it for ourselves, but we're in the long run, we're doing it for our family and our bloodline. So this way we can build generational wealth as well. So you have the you'll have an, end up having financial freedom, um, but then an autonomy over your time and, and time management will look a lot different now <laughs> for the young, for the young generation, right? So it has to start somewhere. Why not start with us? Yeah, it's that education, right? It's teaching them economy, and it starts with educating ourselves about wealth. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to do like you know when we talk about the income. What kind of streams of income? Some of them should be passive. It shouldn't right. be us like working and doing all the time. The money makes the money for itself. So like, mm-hmm. you know, there's that how many works, you know, to be able to do that. And a lot of people kind of really dug into what that means. And they were able to come out like free and clear on the other side. And so like there's a framework for all of us um, to, you know, use and work, work toward, you know, to get to that that space. Can I say something to that? Yeah. I'm so happy you brought that up because I kid you not, like the past two to three days, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, I did this. We worked there. Now I work for myself. Um, What does this look like? Because I still need more time for me. (laughs) So my, I need to, I need to build something or I need to create something that's going to make me money in my sleep. Right. How, what can I do and how do I do this? So I'm working on a plan to do that um, where I can consult and be an advisor. Just advise. I don't want to put together nothing. I don't want to do nobody's PowerPoints. None of that. I will come. I will speak. Uh, I would advise you and you and I can pinpoint who should do what. That's that's what I want to do. And all that brainstorming and things like that and really things that I need to remember. I want to put that into my family. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, that I don't want to so worry about your business. I want that you to worry about like your business. Right. I need to worry about my business, right? Yes, yes. I want to let me. I want to open a chain of Caribbean cafes: New York, Atlanta, Charlotte. Maybe I'll discover something in uh, on the West and and build them up from the ground up with my core values and with my intention, so that they all operate the same and they make money and build. And I will also create that way. I'm creating opportunities as well. And I'm putting my culture, I'm uh, allowing people to see the culture, right. Um, and how I perceive it and so forth. And so do a, a working space, focusing on women of color entrepreneurs, so we can save that overhead costs. You don't have to pay all these thousands and thousands of dollars every month. Come here. My here's the space. Have intentional rooms where you could do yoga, things like you know what I mean. And guess what? I don't have to be present for that op- for that business to operate. You hire I, I hire people that I can trust, like you know, really go through. And I know what it is to go through the interview process as being the one, be- the interviewee and the interviewer. And I yeah. know things that I would change on both ends, right. the questions that we're going to ask, yes. and it's going to be different because. No, I don't. I don't need to know why you left your job or why. Obviously, you left it because you was unhappy. There was a reason, and we all kind of. Sometimes you just. Well, why do you want to work for me? Because I need a job. Duh. I hate those questions. So it's just like I'm in control. This is what I'm gonna do, and I've been on both sides of of, of that situation. And so we're gonna do things a little different. And if we're gonna have opportunities, we're gonna make it opportunities that are worth the while. And I want this for myself. And by me wanting this for myself and creating it. It's also going to serve others, right? And yeah. I don't have to be there to make this money. I'm going to put pos- people in positions to help me attain that. Doesn't mean I ain't going to be all up and through and know everything because I'm one of the, those people. I know the books and all that because nobody's going to go over my head with that. They but, know your books. Right. I, I, you, but you guys know what I mean. Like, 
Yeah. That, that's the next step, right? So we right. like, did one because like, that's what we are taught. Go to school, get a job, get a good job, yada, yada. You get good benefits. And you grow up and you're like, oh, this is good, but I don't really like this. And then you then you go and you work independently and you have clients and so forth. Now you have your time and it's like, oh, cool. But now I have to answer the three people. Who, they are my client. I, I'm kind of, I'm the boss. But at the end of the day, I still got to give my time. And I still have to do X, Y, and Z because in order to get paid, I have to meet my deliverables, yeah. right? And it's so an evolution. Right. It's an evolution. So, so we just keep evolving. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm working on. And it's a great yeah. thing. <laughs> it excites me. That's good. I'm going to go to the chat real quick because there's a lot of um, really like gems. Yes. Just from like the words that I'm glancing at. So Chibuya says, now easy access to royalty slash passive income tech. Many of us are earning revenue while we sleep. That's where I'm trying to be. Investment, yeah. right? <laughs> Combine that with the realization of the traps of debt, liabilities, mortgages, car, car notes, etc. It's a new era. Stand up and let's see those with <laughs> those pajama bottoms. I didn't do pajama bottoms today. Today I have on a whole dress. <laughs> but I have done the pajama bottoms. There's that um, you all have. Folgers commercials and like your team can see your upper thigh. And it's like, you just, it's all about camera positioning. <laughs> knowing, you how, and knowing how much your camera actually shows. Because sometimes what we see is not what everybody else sees. So you got to know uh -oh. what your camera actually uh -oh. can. <laughs> so I'm like, I know what everybody sees. Because it's, you know, we have to stage set sometimes. <laughs> um, Brother Antonio says, yes, GB, it makes me think of the digital natives versus digital immigrants phenomenon. The concept of commuting to a nine to five to work for someone else will seem so foreign to our youth. Yeah, yes, I, they, they're, just not, they're not going to be coming from that, from that no. mindset. Kind of like, you know, they come out, kids now, like the younger generation, like for them, like, different apps and computers like even though we're still kind of in that era so we know these things but they pick up on things like so quickly because you know we came into an era where like you know computers were like a huge machine they weren't like all these little tiny gadgets and things and even though like you know our age group can do that um younger people like move through it seamlessly and they're like on top of the new tech so it's the same thing like each generation is going to just be better at something than the old people were or are. That's just life. That's <laughs> the evolution. That, that's yeah, all it's part a, of it. And it's yeah. it inevitable. We can't stop it. It's, it's no. What it we can't stop we it. We should celebrate um, that. You know? Yeah. Um, preparing them um, for that rather than this dying model is key. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and then um, Antonio also says it was the elephant in the room for a while, but now it's possible to ignore. Um, which part? Because we we're a little bit behind. I think at that time we were talking about the the two jobs. I don't know. I think it was the two jobs. No, I sure. think the idea of going to like a, a tech, like a virtual reality, like the virtual being the reality. It was mm -hmm. kind of like uh, I think that's what he's referencing. I mean, because like a lot of places had to, right? Like even the the right. Goliath. Like I'm gonna take a turn from one of the the other shows, the Masters of Health show. We talked about the Goliath organizations yeah. or the Goliath institutions. You know, they even had to kind of go to that space where they were more tech savvy than they were, yeah. because IT used to be, you know, just like is your computer working? Da, da, da. Now mm -hmm. they have to 
And it's like be, being able to collaborate, do things outside. And especially since like, you know, you have all sorts of programs like the Google platform, That's Microsoft right. platform, all of that, you know, it was kind of a precursor because this stuff happened right before a lot of people started jumping. It's been there for a while, but people started jumping on it like right before the pandemic. Like, and it was just like, that was so timely. Like, was that planned? Hmm. I'll just leave that there. So <laughs> then, um, I want to, uh, Chief Yuya says, absolutely. Antonio Smith, similar to the difficulty the baby boomer generation is, has selling the huge suburban homes. This newer generation is as wasteful. Yeah, there's people are not like jumping to, you know, like I want to have this many houses. And if it is, it's investments. It's mm-hmm. not like yes. just the, like, oh, I have this many houses. I mean, maybe if you're like a gazillionaire, like, yeah, you know whatever but even they don't do that they rent a lot of their homes, you know um that is symbols have changed this is true uh a bat girl i came into a generation of small computers i don't know what you're all doing down there in the back cave with alfred the microprocessor was invented in 1968 my first computer i was just like Come but on. Cute. They were big. It was a Tandy okay. 1000. The family computer was a Tandy 1000 and the monitor guts and all of that was in the mm-hmm. same thing. It was the, it was huge. It Wait, was, and like, I remember I remember the Macintosh and it had that blue it was like a blue glass they front around it. Colors. And blue the and back green. was like this huge dress. Like <laughs> Became a That's long what way. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some microprocessor rooms. I'm actually talking about the family computers that were huge. And they were like that. I remember in college because it was a big thing when they got like, you know, new computers in the computer lab. And one of the computer lab was furnished with all Apple products. And remember when Apple was doing that color thing and it was like blue and pink and purple mm-hmm. and orange. And they were the huge. That's huge. We don't see any of that anymore. Like. Not even into everything is flat screen. So like, right, yeah, that's right. what you're talking about. Innovation. I, 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 I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you, Batgirl. I guess Innovation. I was in that same Batcave. <laughs> I guess we all Batgirls down in the cave. I remember. I remember. You remember? I remember. I remember. Um, Chief U.S. says the cultivation of the metaverse, an entire office environment can be projected into your home. And... um you can instantly interact in 3D with all staff. That will make this Zoom text seem very primitive. That is mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very. interesting. The metaverse. That's what you'll have to definitely maintain your office in some space <laughs> outside. <laughs> like, no, Dedicated. don't show up for the meeting. <laughs> I'm Dedicated. undone right now. <laughs> on computers. Um, I'm reading really it. undone right now. Like, <laughs> Who real to real tape decks on it? I did not say that. I did not say that. I don't know dot what it was. Printers? Room with a micro with the whole. I remember the dot matrix printers. Yeah, I do. I do I remember do. those. In I remember, remember the paper. You would have to rip it off like that. And they had like the, 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 the dots on the side. Right? I used to associate that paper with paper cuts because the amount of paper cuts that I got. Really? From that yeah. I mean, come on. But you know what? This was a really phenomenal way for us to close out the this first installment of True yeah. Health Live. Like, yeah. um, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be a part of what is a really, really phenomenal journey. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I look forward to the next season. Sure. Yes, I think 
bigger and better. And we're going to have um, more followers, more fans. We're going to grow this thing and ride it to the wheels fall off. This was a lot of fun. And it was like this, this type of ending, I think, was so appropriate because it started in the midst of all this like uncertainty. And then now we, we're, we've, you've seen like the evolution, like how people have had to move. And we've talked about all of it, a lot of it, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, and even like, you know, to close off with, you know, what's, what's next, the great resignation is like the, it's the, it's the beginning of what's next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been amazing. Again, I want to repeat what um, Precious said. Thank you so much, Deidre, for inviting me to be a part of this. This was phenomenal. Oh, glad you liked it. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have more guests, like, because I, I think, like, our guest episodes were, like, some of the greatest ones. So I'm so excited to have more guests and bring everybody out. Um, Antonio says he was referring to the reality of the mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. Oh, from before when I was like, oh. The elephant, yeah. The elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, and people are still refusing to talk about it. Yeah. So it's like, it's key that we we discuss it, you know, just in, just in a real, real, real way. Even for those people who are probably still moving in that um, archaic model or a hybrid. There are a lot of people who are moving in a hybrid model, um, which seems to work for a lot of people. That is like the... That's the 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 meet me in the middle, right? The hybrid model that people are doing, which 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 seems to be okay, but eventually you're gonna have to make that move to one side or another. And yeah, you can't straddle. You know, right. it becomes uncomfortable after a while. Just the idea of straddling a fence. It's kind of like, how long do you how think you're gonna you- sit up there? That's not comfortable yeah. for long. And that's for both people, both assets and the oh life yeah, players. oh yeah. The straddling is only going to be okay for so long. And then you just have to figure out either change the way we do business or maybe we're not going to be around anymore. So, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. All right. So with that, we are closing out. Um, for those of you who joined us live, thank you so much for joining and contributing to the conversation. This uh, episode, as usual, as always, um, it will be available on the podcasting platforms um, in a week. So before that, you can access this through video, through YouTube. Um, if you have, and even though we're going on break, it's our season finale, please feel free to email us, you know, for any shows and ideas and things that you want to talk about. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, just reach out. You can find us at True Health Live on all of your um Social media, we're on TikTok. We're on TikTok now, y'all. We're on TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube. What's another one? I don't know. Facebook, all of it. We're there. And then you can also email us at truehealthlive at gmail.com. So until then, we are on break. Thank you so much for joining us for this season. We ended it with a even out uh, 25 episodes. So we'll see you in the forward come 2022 for our next 25. Peace, everyone.